Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 good morning uh, we're going to go with an old school bible study today so you guys got your bibles with you we're going to be flipping around a lot all right so kind of like an old school bible study uh hope you guys are ministered to through this word uh i know the lord is going to meet with you through our time together this morning you know we live in an exciting day don't we I wake up in the morning and I think, what's today going to bring? What could possibly go wrong today? It's kind of one of those years, isn't it? And, and here's the thing, you know, with each and every new day coming, every, you know, a new day coming through and a new trial, a new challenge for us to meet, you know, it seems like you think it can't get any worse, but it does, doesn't it? It keeps getting worse. And here's the thing that I wanted to encourage you with this morning is I can't tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't really even understand what's going on today. I don't know who to listen to. I don't know which media source is telling the truth. I don't know which doctors are telling the truth. All I know is that I need to go to the Lord for my answers. All I know is that I, I have the one who is the giver of truth, and I need to be a seeker of truth, and I need to enter into his presence to really truly understand what's happening in our world today. So I can't tell you what's going to happen tomorrow, but I can tell you what's going to happen at the end. And the scripture says this, the apostle Paul said this in Philippians chapter 2. He says that Jesus has been given a name which is above any other name. God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above any other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. That is what will happen by the end. Again, I can't tell you what's going to happen tomorrow, but that's what's coming. So my question for you this morning is have you bowed your knee yet or not? If you have your Bibles, I need you to open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. We're going to begin there. As I said earlier, we're going to be flipping around quite a bit, moving around quite a bit. Luke chapter 1. We're going to begin by looking at the story of the pronunciation of Jesus. The angel Gabriel comes to Mary and gives this pronouncement. says, this is what God is going to do in and through you. This is how God is going to bless the world through you, Mary. So at this pronunciation... This pronunciation elicits this response of praise from Mary that we're going to notice. There is praise that is the proper response to what God is going to do in Mary's life. So read this with me. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And she 
Uh, and, she, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Now pause there with me for a moment. Imagine being in Mary's shoes. Uh, Bible commentators tell us that she was in her teens during this time. People were getting married much younger in this culture and in this day. She was a teenage girl, and an angel comes to her and says, you're going to be pregnant, and God is going to do this work in you. He's going to conceive within your womb. And you, it's no wonder, is it, that she says, the scripture says that she was greatly troubled at the saying? That literally, that's saying she's being confused. She's perplexed. She doesn't understand. This doesn't make sense to me. But the angel says, listen, Mary, you found favor with God. The word favor there means you've been blessed by God. You've been specifically graced by God. The word is charis in the Greek. It means to be graced. It means to be showered with blessings, to be showered with gifts. And that's what God does in our lives, isn't it? Mary, you've found favor with God. He's taken notice of you, and he's going to do something in and through your life, and he's going to bring a Savior. The word Jesus, the name Jesus, is a translation of the Hebrew name Joshua. In, in Greek, it's Jesus. We, we call it Jesus. We say Jesus. It's the translation of that. The word Joshua, the name Joshua, means God will save. God is going to bring a Savior into this world through you, Mary. This is what he wants to do through you. This is the favor that you found before God. Look at her response now, verse 34. Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? How could I possibly grow a child in my womb since I've known no man, since I have not had sexual relations? I'm a virgin. How could this possibly come to pass? This doesn't make sense to me. Again, it's no wonder that she was troubled. It's no wonder that she was perplexed or confused. Many of you would be if God came to you and gave you this promise as well, right? So she's, she's confused, she's perplexed, I'm a virgin, but here's what God is doing. See, behind the scenes, maybe she doesn't even understand this, maybe some of the religious leaders would have recognized this, but God is fulfilling prophecy in giving this promise, in performing this promise. You see, 800 years, seven, 800 years previously, to the prophet Isaiah, this is what was said in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Give a sign to the nation of Israel. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall, she shall call his name Emmanuel. His name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Again, this is a fulfillment of the prophecy given in Genesis, that there would be a seed. It would be her seed, the woman's seed. And biologically, we know that the woman has no seed. The man has seed. The woman has egg. That's not possible. But yet God spoke it, and he's going to bring it to pass. You see this train of prophecy that is woven through the scriptures that God is fulfilling. He will not let one prophecy fall unfulfilled. He will fulfill every single last one. I don't understand. How can this be? I'm a virgin. And God is saying to you today, he's performing his word. He's, he's carrying out his prophetic word. Genesis, Isaiah, 
coming to pass here in Luke. How can this be? I'm a virgin. Verse 35, the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. The, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and overshadow you. In the Greek, the word is epi, to come upon. It literally means to be immersed. It means to be overwhelmed with a cloud. Remember, the, the Shekinah glory of God led the children of Israel through the desert during the day. This cloud hovered upon them and led the children where they should go. Well, heard this, this prophetic word that this angel Gabriel says, the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you like that. You're going to be immersed in his spirit, and this thing will come to pass. Immersed in the spirit. Now, we're going to read a few verses together here and tie this up in a bow. Look at verse 36. Behold, your relative Elizabeth is in her old age. She's also conceived a son, and this is her sixth month with her who was with child uh, or who was once barren for nothing will be impossible with God and Mary said behold I am the servant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her let me translate what she just said there she said you know what all right this doesn't make sense to me this is confusing to me I'm perplexed I'm troubled I'm maybe even a little bit afraid but if God's word says it if this is what God's word is for me then I receive it She's saying this, God, I trust your plan for my life. Amen. Teenage girl teaching us big life lessons. And I don't know from where you sit this morning, the things that are troubling you and perplexing you and confusing you. And you sit back in your chair and you say, God, this doesn't make sense to me. God, I just don't understand. Why would you allow this? Why am I going through this? Why this suffering? Why this shortfall? Why, how come I can't make ends meet? Why this broken relationship? Why, 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 why? And Mary teaches us today, that sometimes we just need to take a step back and we need to refocus ourselves and we need to say, God, this doesn't make sense, but I trust you but I trust you. Now read on with me. Look at this. Verse 39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped within her womb. Elizabeth's baby leapt within her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed, she, she proclaimed this with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy, leaped for joy. And, be, uh, and blessed is, is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what God had spoken to her from my Lord. Did you see that? Blessed are you, Mary, because you believed in the word that was spoken to you. There's a blessing that comes with exercising that faith and taking God's word for what it is and saying, God, I receive that word for myself. God, that word belongs to me. That promise belongs to me. Blessed are you, Mary, because you believe what God spoke. Now, through the course of all this, this, pronounce, this pronunciation that is, is coming forth, this pronouncement that Jesus would be born through a virgin, her name Mary, the angel revealing this to, to Mary herself, she has this encounter with her cousin Elizabeth, and Elizabeth confirms this word. Now here is her response to this pronunciation. It brings it in, it elicits a response of praise. Worship breaks forth from within the soul of Mary at God's word. Look at what happens here 
in verse 46. If you have a, a heading in your Bible, mine says, Mary's song of praise, the Magnificat. Do you guys have something similar to that? Her song of praise. Here she is. She's going to break out in praise. She's going to break out in song. There's a song in her heart that is her response to this promise. Look at what she says. Mary says this. My soul magnifies the Lord. The word magnifies means to extol, to glorify, to lift high the name of God. My soul extols, magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, Savior, for he has looked upon the humble estate of his servant. She says, I'm just so blown away that God looked down from his throne and he saw me. Do you need to hear that word for yourself this morning? That though God is who he is, though God is so big, that God is so grand, that he is so powerful, he looks down from his throne, and do you know who he sees this morning? He sees you. And he sees your need. And see, he sees your struggle. And see, he, he sees your fear and your perplexity and those areas in your life that trouble you. She says this, he's looked upon the humble estate of his servant, for behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and, his whole, and, and holy is his name. Verse 50, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the, in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her uh, for about three months and returned to her home. There's this response of praise that breaks forth from Mary at the pronunciation, this promise. Now, praise, we can follow this train of praise throughout the scripture, and we're going to see praise also at the incarnation. Look at Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. It's time for the promise to come to pass. In those days, a decree or a command went out from Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be registered. There's a census that's going to take place. You know, we're in the middle of a census ourselves right now, right? So there's this census that is going to take place. This was the first generation when Quirinius was the governor of Syria, verse 3, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Now, pause there for a moment. Again, what do we see here? We see God bringing to pass his prophetic word. See, Joseph and Mary, they were in Nazareth. That's where they were living. But when this registration had to take place, when this census was to take place, they had to go back to their hometown. They had to go back to where they originated from, where their ancestors were from, their family was from. So they went back to the city of Bethlehem. Why is this a fulfillment of Scripture? Because literally, God said 800 years, to the prophet, 800 years before to the prophet Micah in Micah 5.2, but you, O Bethlehem, Epaphrateth, are of little among the clans of Judah, but from you shall come forth for me one who is to be the ruler of Israel, whose coming forth is from old and from ancient days. God bringing past to his, his prophetic word right here. This is being performed. Why? Why does this happen? Because God is speaking to this Caesar Augustus, 
saying, I want you to register these people. And then Joseph has to respond in obedience to the government's command and has to go back home. And his baby is going to be born in Bethlehem, just as God's word had prophesied it would take place. You know why it doesn't freak me out about what's going on in the political scene right now? Do you know why I'm not worried about who is or who isn't president? Because I know that at the end of the day, that person, that leader's heart is in the hand of my Lord. And he will accomplish his purpose regardless of who's there. It doesn't really matter, right? Praise God, you can clap for that. This is what the scripture says, Proverbs chapter 21. The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. Trump, Biden, Harris, doesn't matter who's in, right? The Lord is in control. He's on the throne and he will move that heart where he desires. And we're along for the ride and we get to watch and see what he's going to do. But God's prophetic word is coming to pass. The baby's going to be born in Bethlehem because God moved upon the heart of the ruler to call for a census and Jesus is going to be born in Bethlehem as a result. God is sovereign. I can trust him. I don't have to worry. And how fitting, isn't it, that Jesus would be born in a place called Bethlehem? The word or the name Bethlehem literally means house of bread. He's going to be born in house of bread. And did Jesus not say of himself in John 6, 35, that he was the bread of life? And if you hunger and you come to him, you're never going to be hungry again. If you're thirsty, if you come to him, you're never going to thirst again. So the bread of life is going to be born in the house of bread, just like God's word had said it would happen. God is sovereign. He's on the throne. Look at what happens here. Verse 6, Luke chapter 2. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Mary is going to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Jesus is born and they take these long strips of linen and they wrap him his little body in these long strips of linen cloth. These long strips of linen cloth were often used in wrapping people's dead bodies, in the mummification process, in the embalming process. Before bodies were buried, they would wrap bodies in these, in these long strips of linen cloth, these swaddling cloths. His swaddling cloths were literally grave clothes, a foreshadowing of what would come of his life, that Jesus was born to go to the cross and to die. He enters into creation to redeem you and me on a cross at Calvary because that's what you and I deserved. So this baby born to die, and Jesus said of himself that he, uh, in, in Mark chapter 10, he says this, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. I came to lay my life down. Jesus said this in John chapter 10, for this reason the father loves me because I laid down my life that I might take it again. No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. And that was evident from the very moment he was born and he was wrapped in grave clothes. Swaddling cloths, and they took and they laid this little baby's body, this, our, our Savior, this little body, they laid it in a manger, a feeding trough, literally. A place where the animals would go to eat or to drink because that was the only thing fit for him in the area. That was his bassinet. That was his cradle for the night, was a feeding trough. Can you imagine having a newborn baby and you putting your newborn child in your dog bowl? That's what's going on here. This is the most humble of entrances into creation. The creator of everything leaves his throne, comes to dwell amongst his creation, and comes into his creation in such a, a mellow and a humble way. There was no pomp. There was no circumstance. 
right? There was not a big deal. And as a matter of fact, the world missed it when it happened, right? But here he is. He comes into the world with such a humble way. In Philippians chapter 2, for sake of time, we won't jump there right now, but read it later on. Read verses 1 through 8. Write that down if you're taking notes. And read of the humility that there is in the character of Jesus. How he places others' needs above his own. And how he should be an example for you and for me of what it looks like to live a humble life. You see, being humble doesn't mean thinking poorly of yourself. There's a lot of prideful people who think bad thoughts about themselves. Humility is not thinking of yourself at all. It's thinking about the other person before you even think about yourself. And that's what happened when Jesus left the throne and he came as a baby born in a manger wrapped in grave clothes. He was thinking of you before he thought about what it was going to cost himself. That's the love the Savior has for each and every one of us. Right now, it says here in this, in this text that they, they took his body, they, they wrapped it in these cloths, they laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. There was no room in the local inn. They couldn't find a room for the night. The Savior of the world was breaking into his creation, and the world just went wandering by. People continued to have dinner as a family that night. People continued on with their jobs, continued on with their responsibilities, continued on with their hobbies, continued on with their investments. Over and over and over again, the world had drowned out what God was trying to do. They missed it. The world missed the opportunity to welcome the Creator and the Savior into its presence because they were too preoccupied and there was no room for Jesus in the end. I wonder in your own heart, in your own life today, if this wouldn't be evident as well, that you're missing out, what, uh, missing out on what God wants to do in and through your life because you're just too busy. Your life is too loud. You're, you're crowded with responsibilities and you're crowded with activities and you're crowded with stuff that you can't even hear the voice of God clearly. And you're missing out on an incredible blessing because you just don't have time for God. I find it fitting that the Lord has slowed down our culture, hasn't he? And we can complain all we want. We can complain about businesses being shut down, and we can complain about curfews, and we can complain about the fact that, you know, we're not supposed to be out and around, and it's overreach and government control and all of those things. But at the end of the day, you know what God is doing is he's trying to get your attention. And he's saying, you know what, maybe you've been living a life that's way too busy, and I'm trying to show you what I want to bless you with, and you've ignored it, and you've missed it because you're just too crowded out. Your, your life is too, there's no room for me in your life. And right now, God is saying, you can come away with me. You can quiet all of those responsibilities and all of that, all of that struggle and, and all of those desires that you have and all of your hobbies and all of those pursuits, and you can pursue me. Do you or do you not believe the day of the Lord is approaching? And God in his grace, maybe, just maybe, we need to look at it from a different perspective. Maybe God in his grace is saying, all right, it's time to figure out your priorities. And I'm going to remove those distractions from your life for a season so you can get right with me. So you can do business with me. So you can make room for me in your end. They laid him there because there was no room. Verse 8, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field. Now, understand these shepherds were the lowliest class. They were despised. They, they were mocked. These were not people that were well-renowned in the community. 
They were uneducated, they were dirty, they were smelly. It didn't take great skill to be a shepherd. They babysat sheep in the wilderness. That was their job. They had no place amongst the social standing of this culture. But here we're going to see God comes to the shepherds before he comes to the religious leaders because God doesn't care necessarily about your social standing or how educated you are or, or maybe even what your position is in this culture. God's looking for a heart he can reveal himself to and those shepherds were alone in the wilderness where God could grab hold of their attention and it wasn't drowned out by the chaos and the busyness of the city and God grabbed hold of them and revealed truth to them. Look at what it happens here. In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. Verse 9. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear and the angel said to them fear not for behold I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people literally I bring you gospel thanks for joining us today for love live lead the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley the church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro. Or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Crawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org or simply download the cccib app you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977